The following is a production of the PTB Soccer Podcast Network, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. The views expressed on the show are those of the host and solely of the host. For more information, follow the PTB Soccer Network on Instagram at PTB Soccer. That's on Instagram at PTB Soccer. Enjoy the show. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to episode 5 of the Park in the Bus Soccer Podcast. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, and I am here once again on another Sunday night. That's right, it's Sunday night, 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and you know what that means. That means it is time for some football talk. That's right, each and every week, Sunday night, here on the PTB Soccer Network ad-free, as always, for the first 30 days. So if you are listening on the Mr. Benfica channel right now, first of all, hello and thank you for listening. If you want to get this this show every week on Sunday night without ads, go and follow the PTB Soccer Network. Now available on Twitter. Now there's a Twitter you can follow. It is at SoccerPTB on Twitter. Twitter. That's at SoccerPTB on Twitter. Twitter, the new home on Twitter for the PTB Soccer Network and the flagship show right here that you're listening to right now, the Sunday night talk show, (laughs) Uh, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast. We got a lot to talk about tonight, all right? We've even got a guest on tap tonight as this show continues to evolve, but we're getting started this week in Mexico. That's right, we are going south of the U.S. border to Mexico for Copa por Mexico, it concluded one week ago last Sunday night. And shout out and congratulations to Cruz Azul for winning the Copa por Mexico. The final played last Sunday night at the Olympic Stadium or the Olympic Universitario Stadium in Mexico City. It was Chivas Guadalajara versus Cruz Azul. And Chivas drew first blood with a strike from Alexis Vega. At the start of the second half. But La Máquina equalized in the 52nd minute on an own goal from Hiram Meyer. And in the 90th plus three, it was Jonathan Rodriguez. The Uruguayan steps up to the penalty spot and hammers home a controversial penalty to win the cup for Cruz Azul. And after the tournament announcement was made, and this, and at least this is being, as it's being reported by Jahid Martinez of Viva Liga MX.com, he said that um, Copa Port Mexico will be organized and will run again next year in 2021, this time 
in the United States of America, north of the border, and it will include one to two invites from MLS, according to Jahid Martinez, to spice things up, quote unquote. And I have some thoughts on that. And when you guys hear my conversation with our guest in a little bit, I make a comment about that when we're talking about MLS. And um, unfortunately, Mexican football with so much potential, okay, so much quality is being hijacked by Soccer United Marketing, okay? They have found a way somehow to hijack Liga MX, Major League Soccer, the Mexican national team, and the U.S. Um, the U.S. men's and women's national soccer teams, and everything turns into a money grab. What sense does a tournament called Copa por México make being played in the United States? Other than that, you can charge an insane amount for tickets, assuming that we're even able to go to stadiums a year from now. Um, if that's possible, great. I hope that's the case, but we don't know yet. We still don't know how long there's going to be stadium bans, and we don't know at what capacity people are going to be allowed to fill stadiums in 2021. And these guys are already announcing, according to this this reputable reporter, that they will run this tournament, Copa por Mexico, the Cup for Mexico in the United States so that they can exploit Mexican-Americans <laughs> further and continue to overcharge them. And that, I don't know, I guess that just triggers me. That, that hits a, a, a sweet spot with me. I don't like that. I don't like expats being exploited by leagues and by clubs that know they can abuse their fans abroad. And they know they can charge much, much more for the same product in the United States. And I think that's, I'm sorry, the tournament belongs in Mexico. And the idea of adding adding an LA Galaxy or I'm sure an Atlanta United, um, Chicago Fire, cities with, with I know they've done this with the, with the Copa, what do they call it, the... Um, the Champions Cup or the Copa Campeones and the other the other competitions that that MLS and Liga MX have put together where there's no merit into qualifying. It's the teams with the largest Mexican-American populations in their city, in those markets that partake in the tournament. And then, you know, they bring the Mexican teams in so they can jack the ticket prices up. They make the MLS teams essentially play away games in their own stadium. It doesn't help anybody except the people who are collecting. At the end of the day, the only winners are the promoters, Soccer United Marketing, companies like that. Usually they have a, they pretty much have a monopoly on this sort of thing. And I, I am certain, even without knowing for sure, I'm willing to bet a lot that they are behind this because this sounds just like Soccer United Marketing. I think that's ridiculous. I think... I say this with our guest also when I when I talk to to Leo, our guest tonight, about um, MLS is back, and I give the idea that perhaps we're on the verge of a competition that can see life after quarantine or after you know the COVID nineteen quote unquote bubble that we're operating in in this country. Um, I see perhaps the birth of some sort of League Cup or Carabao Cup for Major League Soccer. And I see the same for for Liga MX. Uh, sure, they could they could. They can put a tournament like this together. It doesn't take long to run, and the football nature in Mexico is very competitive. And whenever you have Cruz Azul and Chivas and Guadal and uh, Club America and Tigres involved, it's going to be competitive. And um, 
doesn't really matter where you place the tournament. I think you could have a a Liga Cup, if you will, um, something along those lines, like you see in Europe. That's fine. But when you start crossing it, okay, when you start combining Mexican and American teams in non-Concacaf competitions, competitions sanctioned only by those leagues and those federations, to me, it smells like a money grab. It's sm- it, I don't like it. It's just I don't like it. You want to have a Europa League competition? Well, we already do have one in CONCACAF. It's called the CONCACAF League. And it right now does not include the United States and Mexico. Perhaps CONCACAF should maybe revamp the way they do the competitions to include these teams. The problem is CONCACAF is actually powerless against U.S. soccer, uh, FMF, the Mexican Federation, Liga MX, and Major League Soccer. They're far too powerful to really... Listen to CONCACAF, and the worst thing CONCACAF fears is these two giants, you know, sort of making their own Champions League and leaving the rest of the Confederation out and making the Confederation really look like a joke. And this is going to, this is a constant power struggle that CONCACAF is going to have to continue to battle out with, specifically the United States and Mexico. That's my thoughts on that. With that, Liga Mekis gets underway this weekend, and we'll talk about it later in the show. Before I go to our our conversation with our guest today, all right, I'm going to just share with you my reaction to the final day of the EFL Championship. We're going to England now from Mexico to England, and it was the final day of the championship, the second division in England on Wednesday, and it was was maybe the most phenomenal afternoon of football I've watched in a long time. Yes, Leeds United already crowned champions, but the second promotion spot, the guaranteed promotion spot, was up in the air. You had West Brom and you had uh, Brentford fighting it out, okay? Both teams playing against different opponents, of course, with the results. Um, the res- You know, with the the way the Reds results would come out would determine who would go to the Premier League and who would drop into the playoffs, which all of a sudden a playoff berth, which... 17 other, or I should say 21 other teams would be dying for, becomes quite a a hard, a hard uh, fall for you. So we go to July 22nd, okay, and here are the results in the final day of the championship, okay. Birmingham City at home loses 1-3 to Derby County. Here's a big one on the day, the match I was watching. It was then third place to Brentford who needed a little help, but with three points, could have guaranteed a spot for the second week in a row, could have guaranteed a spot in the Premier League. They fall at home at Griffin Park, 1-2 to to Barnsley. Barnsley with a late goal. It was in the 90th minute. Clark Odor scores the goal that that knocks Brentford out of the... Out of the Premier League and knocks Barnsley out of the relegation zone. That is because of of information that I was not even aware of at the time of the match. I I confess to dropping the ball on that one, but it was information I wasn't even aware of. I'll get to that information as we go through these results. But it was Barnsley picking up a late winner. Bristol City one. Preston North End one. Cardiff City three. Hull City nil. Hull City relegated to League One. Already crowned champions, Leeds United 4, Charlton Athletic nil. Charlton Athletic relegated to League 1. Luton Town 3, 
Blackburn Rovers 2, Luton Town safe from relegation. They are staying up. Millwall 4, Huddersfield Town 1, Nottingham Forest in one of the shock results of the round. Nottingham Forest at home 1, visitors Stoke City 4, a three-goal defeat combined with this next result, Reading 1, visiting Swansea City 4, is a six-goal swing. It is the swing needed to propel Swansea City into sixth place over Nottingham Forest. And on the final day, in the closing minutes, Nottingham Forest loses a playoff spot to Swansea City. The Swans jump over Nottingham, and they move into the final playoff spot. Sheffield wins day one, Middlesbrough two. And then one of the big ones, West Bromwich Albion two. Queens Park Rangers 2, coupled with Brentford's results. West Brom are going up. They move, they finish in, t in second place. And the other team that had a chance for automatic promotion with the win, they would have done it. It was Fulham on the road. Fulham goes to Wigan Athletic. Wigan 1, Fulham 1. Wigan with a late goal to draw level. And then it became news to me, but it was already known throughout the league, obviously but became news to, to myself and to many others, was that it had been announced that after the match, Wigan were going to be docked 12 points for going into administration this season. So with it was a late Fulham goal, excuse me. So with Fulham's late goal, not only do they get a point and they finish in fourth, not enough to get the automatic promo promotion spot. However... It is enough to relegate Wigan Athletic. Wigan, once docked the 12 points, fall into 22nd place. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Barnsley are safe. Barnsley, with their late goal, coupled with Fulham's goal and the 12-point docking of Wigan Athletic, make a great escape. And they find themselves staying in the English Championship. All right, let's get to my conversation with this week's guest. The, uh, this week, my guest, and I, he's going to become a recurring guest. I've decided this is going to be a weekly segment because I like doing it so much. This is Leo Kukakis. He is the owner of DGensUnited.com and the host of the DGens United podcast. All your sports betting needs are on his podcast and at his website. Check him out. Follow him. On the social media, all right, the, his social media will be in the show notes. Make sure to follow him. Him and I discuss the last day of the championship, and we discuss MLS is back, and he gives everybody some betting tips. So without further ado, let's go to this segment, and let's hear this conversation now. This conversation was recorded a little earlier in the week, so some of what we talk about is now a little outdated. What that means is um, after the, the after the interview, uh, I'll update you on the status of of the EFL Championship promotion playoffs. All right, here's Leo Kukakis of DGens United talking to me about the championship and MLS is back. Capitano. Welcome back to the PTV Soccer Podcast. I'm here with a very special guest this week. All right, this is for everybody out there that likes to put a little money down on these matches. All right, I'm going to welcome to the show 
the host of the DGN's United Podcast, brand new podcast. It's Leo Kukaki. Leo, what's up, my man? What's up, Capitango? How we doing? We're doing great. How did you like the championship yesterday? Oh, my goodness. That was awesome. I loved every second of it. That was the best two hours of, of soccer. Like, I've watched in a very, very long time. It was entertaining from the top of the table to the bottom of the table. Drama until the last minute. Unbelievable, wasn't it? We got a little surprise at the end when neither one of us could figure out what Barnsley was celebrating. <laughs> oh, man, that was the best. We're both sitting for the viewers. that uh, yeah. To the people that are listening, we, we were on the phone together. We worked together. We're on the phone. We're trying to figure Unbelievable, out why of course. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to figure out why Barnsley is sitting there celebrating. We're both pulling up different standings. It's still telling us that Barnsley's um, relegated. Next thing you know, we find out Wigan got docked 12 points. It was awesome. Yeah, I didn't know about that either, and I like to think that I'm up on these things, and that one completely uh, slipped by me as I was going down the, the standings last week. And I talked last week about Leeds United going back to the Premier League after 16 years. Marcelo Bielsa gets it done. Yeah, huge fan of Leeds coming back up. Uh, you know, with their storied history, it's really good to see mm-hmm. these teams coming back up. Uh, it's a shame for smaller teams like Brentford, but really good to see teams that belong there back in the Premier League. <sighs> How about Brentford, huh? What did they have to win? One of their last three matches and they couldn't get it done. Oh. And now they got to face the almighty playoff. One of the most uh, intimidating and one of the most challenging ways to get promoted, I think, in any league. And I'll put that up against the pressure of just about any sport on earth. The um, pressure they're playing for to get promoted to the Premier League. And what is it, like a 60 million pound uh, umbrella payment that comes with that promotion. Yeah, it's just brutal to see the way that they ended the year after how hot they were coming out of the uh, coming out of the restart. They were on fire, and then they just choked. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Now they have to go against a Swansea City team that don't have anything to lose. They exactly. didn't expect to be there. I mean, it's kind of tough to see them advancing in this. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that many people are expecting them to. Before we get into the, the playoffs... Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us about your new podcast so that we can all check it out. So what's up, everybody? I am Leo. I am the head D-Gen at D-Gens United. This is a brand new podcast. Uh, Every day we're going to have new episodes coming up. Uh, Last night, for example, I'm sorry, on Thursday night, we had two episodes that popped up because of the return of baseball. We're doing future bets. We're doing daily bets. We're going over um, right now while there's still a light slate. We're going over every big soccer league. Uh, we're going into pretty much every game. We're dishing out value plays for the people that like to be the degenerates. This isn't just a podcast for the big guys. Uh, this is just for your everyday degenerates that need to need to watch something to get through the day at work. Take a listen to us. We will. Uh, everything is free. We will not charge for anything. We don't pretend to be bigger than we are. Dgens United, free analysis and picks. Follow us also at Dgens underscore United. Tell me you love me, you hate me. Let me know. Excellent, excellent. So on to the championship, all right, because you're a big football fan just like I am. Um, what was the most disappointing thing you saw yesterday? Was it Brentford's collapse? So, yeah, I mean, definitely Brentford's collapse, but I, I've always hated West Brom for some reason. Uh-huh. 
They just they genuinely annoy me as a team. My cousin's a huge Fulham fan. Uh, I love Mitrovic as a striker too. Sure. So I was all over that one. And just the most disappointing thing for me was that West Brom choked and they still get through. Yeah, a lot, a lot of fans for Fulham here in the United States. There's definitely a lot of support for them. For a good decade there, they always featured an American player, and I think they did a good job of winning the fan base here in the United States. All right, let's go to the playoffs now, all right? So we've got, correct me if I'm wrong, we've got Brentford taking on Swansea and Cardiff taking on... My memory's Fulham. escaping. Fulham, that's right. So we got Cardiff taking on Fulham, and we got... Brentford taking on Swansea. What did the odds look like? What are the bookmakers saying about this? So right now, Brentford's still the odds-on favorite to get through. They're sitting at plus 130. I, I As we just said, not a huge fan of that. Uh, Fulham no. sitting at plus 250. Cardiff sitting at plus 400. And then Swansea City at plus 650. This is going to be really interesting. I think the bookmakers are a little off here. I think that the bookmakers are really just taking way too much they're not really taking in the human factor here. Yeah, they're just going by the stats and by the standings, it sounds like. Yep. And I don't know, we talked about this off air. I don't know how often the third-place team actually wins these playoff competitions because it's like the most demoralizing part because they're right there about to be automatically promoted, and now they're in a dogfight with three other dogs that are just happy to be there. Yeah, I mean, after looking at it too, after the way that they finished up, uh, you know, it's, like I said, really hard to imagine that they're going to get past Swansea. Swansea miraculously get in. They knocked out Nottingham Forest, uh, which brought a little smile to my heart because Mari Nike, the Olympiacos owner, um, also owns Nottingham Forest. I'm a huge Panathinaikos guy. I took so much joy knowing that those clowns are out. Uh, (laughs) So I'm definitely pulling for Swansea to keep it going. Uh, They're really good value play for those of you that want to lay some money down. Plus 650, not bad. Awesome, awesome. All right, so we will definitely touch base next week on this. Now, by the time this episode airs, uh, the first legs are already going to be played, I believe. I believe the first, they play, they're playing on Saturday and Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So by the time this episode airs, we'll already have um, we'll already had an, an update later in the episode about uh, how the first legs went. Now, let's change gears for a minute. Let's talk MLS is back. Um, if you, anyone that heard my episode last week, I kind of, uh, I kind of took crap all over MLS's back last week. Um, most, most of my, my dislike, most of my criticism is to, towards the league and the way the league is structured and the way the league is run. There are some fantastic players in Major League Soccer, no doubt about it. You've been watching this competition closely. Tell me, who's impressed you and who's disappointed you so far? So let's start off with the disappointments. The biggest disappointments for me were obviously Atlanta United. I know that they've been without Joseph Martinez. To not score a goal? Are you kidding me? In the whole tournament, you got three games and you guys can't score a goal? I mean, that just speaks to how good Joseph Martinez is. Um, how fragile MLS rosters really are where, you know, you lose one player like that yeah. and you can't score one goal in three games. I mean, it's insane. Um, the other big disappointment was the New York Red Bulls. Now, yeah, yeah. So we kind of t- in my podcast, I kind of talk about how the Red Sox this year are going to suck, um, and they're going to be really overvalued by the bookies because they're just a big name at this point. They're not a lot of talent. Um, right. I'm starting to realize that it's kind of going to be the same for the New York Red Bulls. They came out, they had a good first win against Atlanta, which seemed like a good win until we realized Atlanta didn't care. 
result, right. <laughs> and then they got smashed up by Columbus, and then they followed up with a loss to FC Cincinnati, who just suck. <laughs> you know, it's format of the league last year, and I don't know, the real big signings in the offseason, and I think they were they didn't get the the league season off to a great start either. The two games they got in, if I'm not if I'm not uh, uh, mistaken, but they've come into this tournament like it is the World Cup for them, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, and I love how like I know that you talked about the formatting last week. I love this format. You get three games, then you go to the round of sixteen. It's something interesting to watch. I wouldn't want it to be for the whole season, but considering the condition of the world right now and the fact that we've gone without sports for four months. Sign me up. Sign me up, coach. Give me a reason to watch this early in the year. I love it. I'm with you on that. I mean, this seems more interesting than an MLS regular season has in 20 years because matches actually matter. Whereas we're used to seeing teams like the LA Galaxy used to just get in to the playoffs, knowing they had the firepower to just win the playoffs. And they would, they would coast all season. They'd get in. And then they would do their damage. And it just took away from the regular season. And I, I also find this a more interesting uh, format, this tournament format. Obviously, the league can't run like this every season. But what do you think? Is this like a built-in league cup going forward? Is this something we can do every summer? So, I mean, speaking from a degenerate's perspective, man, I love these 9 a.m. starts. Yeah. Huge fan. Give me something to wake up to to watch. I'm a big tennis guy. Now that there's no tennis, I need something to tickle me when I wake up. Sign me up. Give me the 9 a.m. starts. I don't care about the blistering heat. I don't care that the overpre- overplayed players have to wake up at 5 a.m. Rise and shine. Give me 9 a.m. soccer. Huge fan of it. Um, yeah, but, definitely. But moving forward, yeah, I, I'm, I love it. Why not? More people are going to watch this than are going to watch the U.S. Open Cup. Expand it out a little bit to the second division. Get a couple more uh, teams in there, and let's do it up. Yeah, this, they definitely. I think they might be onto something if they've got the vision to see it. My criticism with MLS is always that lack of vision. They they see dollar signs, but they don't see sense. You know, they don't make sense. Yeah. Um, the, this talk of, of merging with with Liga and Mekis, uh, it just sounds ridiculous. A Mexican the United States League MLS is is already brutal. Now you're going to double it and, and, and play. Yeah, they can see the dollar signs of seeing America or Chivas playing against Atlanta. But that's why we have a CONCACAF Champions League. You know, instead of these meaningless tournaments that we put together you know, between the two leagues, I think something like this, and this is like, in a way, an American version of the Carabao Cup or something like that. And I think it's more interesting. And we're really close now to the round of 16. we got one more group to play tonight. So um, I actually have that up here. Give me a moment, and I will. I'm going to go over what we got here. MLS is back, and of course, my computer is, as you know, these computers they give us at work. And just one there, because I had the round of sixteen up. And I see the first one we got New England taking on. Philadelphia in yeah. the first round of 16 games. I, I got was... a few. I just managed to pull it up. We got Orlando versus Montreal, Philadelphia against the Revs, uh, San Jose against Salt Lake, Sporting, Kansas City are waiting for uh, an opponent. Toronto's yeah. waiting. Seattle's waiting. Uh, FC Cincinnati somehow still waiting. Those guys got yeah. through. And then it's Columbus, Minnesota. 
And this is single elimination, so this is anybody's to win. I mean, anybody can go on a three, three game, four game winning streak and, and take this thing. And um, you know, there's a spot in next year's Concacaf Champions League on the line here. At least one, I, I believe. Um, who do the bookmakers like now to win this tournament? What, what are the futures saying? So obviously, LAFC, uh, the big favorites here. Now, the problem right now is that. They don't really release the futures midway through the tournament. These are all they're all uh, go free tournament. tournament yeah. yeah, so I mean Toronto was um Toronto was among the favorites. Philadelphia was surprisingly among the favorites. Um Atlanta was among the favorites. They're going to imagine. Yep. Yeah, so um right now, but the futures I did have one future play. Call me a homie, call me whatever you want. I was yeah, all over the revs in this tournament. They have one of the Best collections of talent in the league. They finally have a decent coach that knows how to win in this league. They were my play. They were 40 to 1. They still have ridiculous odds. I hate the matchup in the round of 16, but if they can get by, this is a real dangerous team. I love my ticket at 40 to 1. They're looking at Sporting Kansas City possibly in the next round as well. Um, so this tournament goes out to August 11th, which is, is going to take us through a couple of weeks. And what I'm noticing here, Leo, with the exception of the Rebs, and I want to say Seattle Sounders and Portland Timbers are already through. We'll find out where they play. Majority of the teams on turf are struggling because this tournament's played on, on natural grass. And as you've pointed out to me before, you know, off the air, the grass is starting to get a little bit beat up, is it not, at Walt Disney World? Yeah, so they only have two fields. Um, they're played right next to each other. It's yeah, it's definitely the conditions getting worse. They're starting to be some bad bounces. Um, to be fair, it hasn't gotten too bad yet, but in a week, it, it's going to get pretty bad. They need mm-hmm. to start figuring out what they're going to do. Kind of seems like they should have had, I don't know, maybe four fields. I don't know what the yeah. complex looks like, but four fields would have been ideal. Must be a lot of work for that grounds crew, I got to say. All right, I'm going to put you on the hot seat. You tell me right now, aside of who you got money on, who's winning this tournament? Pretend you have no money on it. Uh, no money on it. Uh, this is not my specialty. <laughs> <laughs> You've always got money on it, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, all right, so the teams that I'm looking at, obviously LAFC, they're going to have a decent draw if they can get Cincinnati in the next round. That should be like a free win for them. Um I still really like the Revs. I think that the winner of the Revs in Philadelphia, I think that one is going to move through. Columbus has been the most uh, most impressive team so far, but I don't like their game against Minnesota. Minnesota, they've really – they look fantastic moving forward. Can't play defense to save their lives. But they look really, really good moving forward. And they have my guy Robin Lodd from Panathinaiko, so they get the uh, – they get a little bit of approval. Yep. All right. All right, that's all the time we got for this week. But uh, I think we're going to touch base again next week, Leo. And uh, we'll talk some more stuff going on as we start to wind down. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Europa League and Champions League to talk about. Sign me up, Coach. All right, have a good week, Leo. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks Leo for having on DGensUnited.com, the DGens United podcast. Check it out right now. And thank you, of course, to Leo from DGens United. If you're a DGen and you like to put money down on sports, you definitely got to catch his podcast. 
Seven days a week. That's right. That degenerate does it seven days a week, and he's already taken off in less than a week. Let me tell you, uh, there's a lot of good things in the future for that show, and if you're listening to him, you've already made some money. So um, if you're if you're into the sports betting, that is your guy right there, uh, Leo Kukakis of DGENs United and the DGENs United podcast. Just update. Um, what we talked about there back in the part about the championship. So the playoffs have begun. There was one match played today. All right. And just like him and I agreed, Brentford is not in a good state of mind right now. Brentford traveled to Wales today and lose 1-0 on the road at Swansea City. And the goal was scored by Andre Ayew on an assist from Jay Fulton. In the 82nd minute, that's 20 minutes after that same IU missed a penalty kick. Rico Henry sent off for Brentford. And now Brentford go home for the second leg on Wednesday. It'll be the final match ever played at Griffin Park. So it, Brentford got to pull it together now. They're going to throw away an entire season if they do not come together on Wednesday night and and turn this around, not give up the away goal, and get a couple goals themselves so they can book their trip to Wembley and give themselves a second chance to get back into the Premier League, open their new stadium next year in the Premier League and not in the championship. We'll see if it happens. It's a Wednesday, 2.45 Eastern time here in the United States, 11.45 uh, Pacific time. And it's, of course, 7.45 London time where, where Brentford are located. And it's on ESPN Plus as are all of the EFL championship matches. And for me, the EFL in itself is worth the $4.99 a month for ESPN Plus. You throw in Serie A and now next month or in September coming, is the Bundesliga, ESPN Plus. Phenomenal, phenomenal investment. And a little bit of, of news about ESPN while we're here. Um, it's a little off the topic, but those of you that subscribe to Fubo TV like I do, starting August 1st, you're going to have ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPN3 available on Fubo TV. If you don't subscribe yet, go to Fubo.tv, check it out, see if any of those packages are right for you. Yes, the subs the subscription fee is going to go up about $5. It's going to go up to $64.99 a month, but compare that to your average cable package. It's got 10 times the football of your average cable package, and it's got just about all the TV you could ask for. And now it's got the one thing it didn't have up until now, which is ESPN. Um, Turner Sports are gone, but Turner Sports are out of football as well. So TBS, TNT, that's gone, but ESPN is is moving on in. So that is great news for football fans in the United States. The other semifinal now in the championship, all right? And that first leg will kick off tomorrow. And it's going to be Fulham traveling to Wales also. And they will take on the other Welsh side, Cardiff City. The Bluebirds hosting um, the Cottagers. And again, 2.45 Eastern time kickoff. And leg two of that tie will be on Thursday and that will take place at Craven Cottage in London. So we have a possibility here of an all-London final. We have the possibility of an all-Wales final, or we're going to have a Wales versus London final in this promotion spot in the £60 million match, which is scheduled for August the 4th at Wembley. 
Of course, an empty Wembley, but still a huge, huge uh, match. And this league is phenomenal. If you haven't given it a chance, I recommend checking out these playoffs. For updates on these matches as the week goes by, stay tuned to the PTB Soccer Network's Twitter. That's at SoccerPTB on Twitter and on Instagram at PTB Soccer. All right, I'm going to take a quick break right here, and on the other side, we've got more news. We're going to be talking about MLS is back on the other side. Welcome back to the Park in the Bus Soccer Podcast, your Sunday night home for football talk. And before we move on to MLS, I do have a couple of, of new. I have a news item to uh, share with you, and it's an update on one of last week's news items. The website, the cherished website, at least by myself and many others who who really enjoy, um, who really enjoy the history of football. www.footballia.net, okay, did announce on their their Twitter, their new Twitter page this week. They are at footballia three. Okay, that's their new Twitter handle. And they did announce that while the site is still down, they are rebuilding it. And they wanted to clarify that they are still the same site. It's going to look the same. It's going to navigate the same. We we are not going to know. The user is not going to know that anything has changed. They are just making it a more secure home for all of these videos now, which is very exciting. So I will continue, of course, to follow that development and continue to update you and now I will also be updating on Twitter of course at the new at soccer PTV Twitter handle here for the park in the bus PTV soccer network also earlier today one other match to talk about it was the final of the NWSL Challenge Cup that's the National Women's Soccer League here in the United States their their Challenge Cup arguably or to some unarguably the top women's football league in the world. And it was Chicago Red Star taking on the Houston Dash. This, of course, was in Salt Lake City or in Sandy, Utah, outside of Salt Lake City. And it's the home of the Utah Monarchs and of Real Salt Lake. And it was Houston Dash winning 2-0. It was Sophie Schmidt from the penalty spot in the fifth minute and Shea Groom in the 90th minute on a breakaway dribbling the keeper and slotting the ball into the open goal to give Houston Dash the title. They are the champions of the Challenge Cup. And this is a mom- this is a historical moment because this is the first football match produced and aired in the United States on CBS, the number one network in America. They aired this game at 12:30 Eastern Time today, which means it took it took place at 10:30 a.m. Mountain Time in Salt Lake City. However, it was it was on national TV. Of course, those of you in the United States that follow me know CBS is the new home of the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League, or at least the CBS family of networks. Um, with CBS, big CBS, over the air, terrestrial television, um, airing the UEFA Champions League final later next month. And I'm hopeful that CBS is going to be the new home of, of football in this country. And they have a huge audience, bigger than any other network, for whatever reason. But uh, more people watch that network and more people, more casual fans will tune in to football on that network as long as they do a good job with it. And I have no reason to believe they won't. CBS has a very good reputation in sports. Um 
And it's their turn to try to take this ball and run with it. You know, Fox has not been able to do that in this country. ABC has long since um, given way to their their sister station, ESPN, in terms of football. And there's been very little football over the air in the past 15 years here in the United States. So uh, excited to see CBS taking the baton now and hopefully um, hoping for all the best and that we will have... Um, a new home in a in a better home for football here in the United States. All right, MLS is back. You heard Leo and I talk about it there, and it's a it's a World Cup style tournament, like I said, and more surprises going on. We already spelled out who the round of sixteen was, so there were two matches played yesterday. There'll be two more played tonight. Leo said that the winner of Philadelphia Union New England Revolution has a good chance to go to the final. Well. That winner was Philadelphia Union 1-0 last night. Goal by Akindele in the 60th minute. Oh, sorry. By Santos in the 63rd minute. Akindele was the scorer for Orlando City. Orlando City beating Thierry Henry's Impact du Montreal 1-0. So Orlando City move on to the quarterfinals as do Philadelphia Union. They're awaiting the winners of the following matches. So... Kicking off later tonight is Sporting Kansas City versus Vancouver Whitecaps. The winner of that match will take on Philadelphia Union. But the first match to kick off, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight, will be Toronto FC versus New York City FC. And they will move into the quarterfinals also and face the winner of Portland Timbers FC Cincinnati, which will be played on Tuesday. So there are some big matches coming up this week, okay? So I'm going to run down the rest of the round of 16, even though we, we talked about it in the previous segment. Um, Leo, as you said, was putting his money on LAFC winning the group and getting FC Cincinnati. It didn't work out that way. Portland Timbers were winners of that group. They got FC Cincinnati. LAFC, however, move into a mouthwatering matchup with Seattle Sounders FC. They're playing tomorrow night. That kickoff time is going to be at 11 p.m. Eastern time. So it's a West Coast time slot for sure. Um, again, all of these matches, it'll be interesting along with the women's match to see what these numbers do on television. MLS is back. is not done great on ESPN or Fox. But as the, as the tournament moves along, you know, hopefully the ratings will improve. But... As has been said by many people who follow the media coverage of this league, ESPN and Fox have done a horrible job of promoting this tournament. Um, they have the 9 a.m. match that you'll watch, and then they'll go into their whatever their morning show is called nowadays. It's not First Take anymore or whatever they used to call it, Cold Pizza, back in the day. Um, but whatever ESPN's morning talk show will will come right off the end of a football match and it's as if it never happened. They go right into the NBA, the NFL, whatever, MLB. They go into talking about every other North American sport. And it is frustrating for Major League Soccer. And no one, I don't know, I shouldn't say no one, but not many people are as critical of Major League Soccer as I am. And when I say critical, I'm critical of the structure. I'm critical of the direction that the, the decision makers in the league are taking the league. And... um. 
These media partners are not helping when they're treating the league like second rate. They're treating it like lacrosse, the major lacrosse league, or like it's, you know, some other, I don't know, the cornhole league, whatever you want to call it. It's being treated minor, like it's minor league and not like it's the NBA or may, even Major League Baseball or the NHL. So that's disappointing. Hopefully they will improve. Now, some of the other matches this week to look forward to. San Jose Earthquakes have looked good. They're going to take on Real Salt Lake tomorrow. They're the early game tomorrow, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then Columbus Crew, who Leo likes a lot, as you heard him say, there's good value there in betting on the Columbus Crew. They got Minnesota United on Tuesday at 8 p.m. The quarterfinals will begin on the 30th of July. Later this week, the 30th is on Thursday, 8 p.m., and that'll be Philadelphia hosting the winner of Sporting Kansas City and Vancouver Whitecaps. Let's go across the pond one more time. Back to England now, and it is the English Premier League, and it was Super Sunday today. Every every match goes off at the same time, 11 a.m. Eastern time here, 4 p.m. In, in England. Every single match, all 10, kicked off. Places to be fought for in the Europa League, in the Champions League. So let's go to it. Relegation was also on the line today as every match kicked off at the same time. Like we said, let's go down the results starting with. And I apologize for the hang up again. It is this slow internet here. Give me one more moment to move this along. And here is my internet. All right. July 26th. So here we go. Here is the... The list of results starting at, at, I almost said Highbury, starting at the Emirates. Arsenal 3, Watford 2, Watford are relegated. Burnley 1, Brighton Hove and Albion 2. The match I was watching, Chelsea at home at Stamford Bridge 2. Wolverhampton Wanderers, the team I was pulling for, nil. Across London, it was Crystal Palace at home, 1. Jose Mourinho's Tottenham Hotspur, 1. Tottenham Hotspur leapfrog over Wolves. They go into 6th place, and they are going to the Europa League. Jose Mourinho arrives with the team in 14th place and finishes the season in 6th and in the Europa League. The man may have his faults, but you have to give credit where credit is due. And obviously, if you can connect the dots, you know how I feel about Jose Mourinho. After all, this show is called the Park in the Bus Podcast. Jose is one of my heroes. And um, I think he's got another run in him. And this was a good first year at Spurs for him, considering all the injuries, considering everything that was against him. I think he pulled off quite a good run of results and got his team into Europe. Everton at home to Bournemouth, the already relegated Bournemouth. Everton 1, Bournemouth 3, Leicester City 0, Manchester United 2 at the King Pow, meaning Manchester United are going back to the Champions League. And I cannot believe that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to the Champions League as a manager. Those of you that know me know I'm very critical of him as a manager. I'm, I am a sort of lapsed United fan, if you will. 
I followed United very closely for many, many years, and I have lost it interest, to be honest. And I, or I should just say, I've come to dislike them a lot of the way they play. I've disliked a lot of the personalities in the team. But you cannot deny bringing in Bruno Fernandes in the January transfer window completely changed everything. And now Manchester United are going to the Champions League. Leicester City fall to the Europa League in fifth place. Manchester City, however, 5-0 victors on the day. They already long ago conf uh, confirmed second place. City 5, Norwich City 0. Newcastle United 1, Liverpool the champions 3, Southampton 3, Sheffield United 1. And in perhaps the most dramatic of matches... At the, what well, used to be called the Olympic Stadium. I think it's called the London Stadium now. It is West Ham United 1, Aston Villa 1. The villains are staying up. That's right. Villa survive on an 84th minute goal by Jack Grelish. Andre Yarmolenko pulled the hammers even one minute later. But it was enough for the villains to stay up. The one point was enough as Watford were unable to get a result at Arsenal. Let's look at the table now and look at who's going where, obviously. The final table here for the Premier League 2020-2021. We already know Liverpool are the champions. 99 points, an impressive feat. Manchester City second by a, by a mile. There's nobody within a mile in front of them or a mile behind them. City have 81 points. Manchester United into third on 66 points, the same as Chelsea. United, however, with a far better goal difference, which in England is the tiebreaker. United with a plus 30 to Chelsea's plus 15. Leicester City fall to fifth place on 62. And Tottenham Hotspur and Wolves both finish on 59 points, but Tottenham's Plus 14 goal difference, enough to put them in the Europa League ahead of Wolves. Wolves with a plus 11, three points ahead of Arsenal. However, Wolves are not completely eliminated from Europe. They have two more chances to get into Europe next season. That's because they're going to be watching the FA Cup final next weekend and rooting hard for the team that beat them today because if Chelsea win the FA Cup, then Wolverhampton Wanderers We'll get the final English spot in the Europa League. They will go as the 7th place team. If Arsenal win the the FA Cup, Arsenal will not only get the final spot, but Arsenal will get a spot directly in the group stage because the cup winner goes directly to the group stage, which means Tottenham would then have to play in one of the play-in rounds. Ninth place was Sheffield United. 10th was Burnley. Southampton 11th. Everton 12th. Newcastle 13th. Still waiting for that sale to go through and to be approved for Newcastle. It could be a very bright future for for the Geordies if if that sale goes through. 14th is Crystal Palace. 15th, Brighton, Hoven, Albion. West Ham United secured safety last week. They're 16th. Aston Villa, 17th, 35 points. One ahead of Bournemouth, who had 34, as did Watford, also on 34, and long ago relegated Norwich City. So all that's left in England is to figure out who is coming up in the EFL promotion playoffs. All right, before we go to another break, we're going to check in with Italian Serie A as they completed round 35 just moments ago.
with Juventus playing in the final match of the week. Let's take a look here at the results okay, of rounds 34 and 35 that were played this week. The round got started back midweek on the 22nd. And it was Parma 2-1 winners over Napoli. Inter and Fiorentina draw 0-0. Lecce 3-1 winners over Brescia in a very crucial relegation battle. Sampdoria drop the derby to Genoa 1-2 in their home stadium. Spal are smacked 6-1 by Roma. Paulo Fonseca's side going to the Europa League next season. Torino 1, Hellas Verona 1. On to the 23rd. It was Udinese 2, Juventus 1. Juventus uh, could have clinched the Serie A title, the 8th consecutive on that day in Udine. They were unable to do so. And in the following matchup, Lazio 2, Cagliari 1. So another goal for Immobile in that match. No goals for Cristiano Ronaldo. On the 24th, Milan and Atalanta draw 1-1 uh, draw at the San Siro. Move forward to yesterday's results. Now we're in round 35. Brescia 1, Parma 2, Genoa 0, Inter 3, Napoli 2, Sassuolo 0. Earlier today we had Bologna 3, Lecce 2, Cagliari 0, Udinese 1, Elas Verona 1, Lazio 5, a hat-trick for Ciro Immobile. Two of them from the penalty spot. So he goes four goals ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo in the golden boot race in Italy. He's got 34. Ronaldo 30 at the start of the, at, at least at the conclusion of Lazio's match. Roma winners again 2-1 over Fiorentina. Spal 1. Torino 1. And then the match that just concluded. Juventus 2. Sampdoria 1. Ronaldo with one goal, but then a failed penalty kick in the 88th minute. It is incredible how many penalty kicks Cristiano Ronaldo and Cero Immobile have had this season. Immobile scored two today. He now has 14 out of his 34 goals from the spot. Ronaldo missed today, but he's got 12 of his 31 goals from the spot. Right now it's Immobile, 34 goals. Ronaldo, 31 Three matches to play, and I learned years ago not to count out one Cristiano Ronaldo in any kind of competitive endeavor. He's known to come fighting and to fight to the end. All right, matches coming up later this week. On Tuesday, Parma host Atalanta and Inter host Napoli. Wednesday, you have Elis Verona hosting Spa, Lazio hosting Brescia, Sampdoria hosting Milan. Sassuolo hosting Genoa, Udinese hosting Lecce, Cagliari hosting Juventus, Fiorentina hosting Bologna, and Torino hosting Roma. That will be round number 36. Let's quickly check on Serie B. We're just going to look at the table to see how the race is shaping up for who's coming up. Now, in the automatic spots, we already have Benevento, champions of Serie B, Two matches to play. They got 83 points. 18 points behind them is Crotone. They've got 65, and they've got an eight-point cushion with two matches to play. They are promoted to Serie A. Third place now, the pro the promotion playoffs. Spezia is third. Fourth is Pordenone. Uh, 
Frosinone is fifth, Cittadella is sixth, Empoli seventh, and Salneritana is the eighth. I could not pronounce that one last week. Big thank you to my lovely Italian wife for helping me with the pronunciation of Salneritana. They are one point clear of Chievo Verona right now with two matches to play for that final playoff spot. We'll continue to watch Serie B in the coming weeks. But we're now going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to go around Liga Emekis for round one of the Apertura in Mexico. This is the Park in the Bus podcast here on the PTB Soccer Network. <laughs> Welcome back to the Park in the Bus, a soccer podcast here on your Sunday night home for football talk, the Park in the Bus, PTB Soccer Network. Before we get into Mexico, just an announcement um, with that result I, I failed to mention in the previous segment. With that result, Juventus have now clinched the Serie A. Once again, they've clinched another Scudetto that's eight in a row. Next week here on Park in the Bus, we will look a little bit deeper at Title number eight in a row, Scudetto number eight for Juventus. And we'll look at the season that they have put together and what they can still accomplish going forward. They are one of the teams that are still alive in the UEFA Champions League. Now, let's get in the bus. This bus goes around the world, as you know, and let's park it in Mexico. We've already been there tonight, and now we're back. We are in Mexico. It is Liga MX. And it is round number one. Let's get into the results. It kicked off on Friday night with Nikaxa losing at home uh, 3-0 to Tigres. Who feature, of course, Andrea Pierre Gignac. Probably the biggest profile player in Liga Emekis. But there's still Eduardo Vargas and others in that very, very talented, very expensive Tigres lineup. I don't know that any team on this side of the prime meridian, any, well, I shouldn't say that, but any team on this side of the Atlantic Ocean spends as much money as some of, as the two clubs from the city of Monterrey. That's Tigres and Monterrey. They are two very expensive rosters. And Tigres get off, get the Arpertura off with a good start, a 3 0 win on the road at Nicaxa. Yesterday, Chivas nil, the, uh, Leon nil. The winners of Copa por Mexico Cruz, Azul, 2-0 winners at home to Santos Laguna. Cholos Tijuana with a 3-1 victory over Atlas in Tijuana. And today we had another result. It was Pumas of Mexico City, of course, Pumas Unal. They win 3-2 at home to Quetaro. A uh, whole slate of matches in the coming days in Liga Emekis. More to play in this round one. Tomorrow, Atletico San Luis hosts FC Juarez. Pachuca hosts Club America tomorrow in, in a match that is definitely very intriguing to the neutral as two of the larger clubs will face off in the brand newly baptized Metazan FC, formerly known as Monarcas Morelia, will host Puebla in their first ever Liga Imequis home match in their new city. Tuesday, you got Monterrey taking on Toluca. And that closes out round one on Tuesday. 
So obviously in the standings, the teams that won are at the top of the table. The ones that didn't are not. You have four teams with three points. Tigres, Tijuana, Cruz Azul, and Pumas, while Chivas, León get a point each and the rest of the field is yet to play in this or in this fall season if you will the apertura of liga emekis for those of you not familiar with liga emekis they play two seasons per year an, ar an apertura and a clausura uh, the apertura is the fall the clausura is the spring or at least the fall and spring here in the northern hemisphere um each team plays each other once there's 18 teams so it's a 17 match um, tournament, if you will, and then the top eight teams qualify to the playoffs, although it looks like it's going to be a little different this season as, according to FOTMOB, it's got 12 teams advancing to the next stage, so we'll see. Typically, the top eight teams advance to the Ligija, which is the, the name for the playoffs. First versus eight, second versus seventh, so on and so on. Two legs, all the way through, they play every three days. It's like Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday for three weeks until they crown a champion. And um, it's a very exciting championship to follow because of that format. Every match matters. There's no taking matches off. You could The difference between sometimes third, fourth place, and twelfth is a matter of three or four points. So you can't take any matches off, and the playoffs are very exciting. One thing I really like... If you're going to have playoffs, okay, and I'm not a big fan of playoffs. It's one of my issues with Major League Soccer. But if you're going to have playoffs, I think Liga Emekis does playoffs right in the sense that they do keep. you got to have two legs, in my opinion. Single leg, for me, is just unjust after a 38-match season or whatever Major League Soccer plays that they're going to come down and play one-match playoffs. It, it seems a bit ridiculous to me, but... Uh, of course, I'm not anyone who makes any of these decisions. But um, in Liga Mekis, you play each team once. You play 17 matches. And then you go to the playoffs. You play two legs. And if you're tied on aggregate, okay, in Liga Mekis, the team with the higher seed advances, which forces the lower seed to always attack. I like that rule. That rule goes through the quarters and the semis. In the final, that rule is thrown out and it is played. There are no away goals in the final in Liga Mekis. And um, it is a straight-up aggregate. There will be extra time and penalties if necessary. So we will follow. On this show, we will follow Liga Mekis very closely. It's one of my favorite leagues. It is one of my Saturday night traditions here living in North America. And I confess, I watch a lot more Liga Mekis than I do Major League soccer and um, I'm sorry the, the quality of play is still higher I have my issues with the way Liga Mekis is run just like I have my issues with the way MLS is run and I expressed some of those earlier when we talked about the Copa Port Mexico but that is where Liga Mekis stands right now so without further ado let's go to our final segment and we're going to go right in to last week's match of the week it was of course Wednesday's Chelsea at Liverpool. Let's go to the lineups. Liverpool starting with a 4-3-3. Alisson Becker, the Brazil international in goal. Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk are the pair in the center of defense with Andrew Robertson playing as the left back. Three in midfield with Fabinho central. Jorginho Wijnaldum uh, right and Nabi Keita left. Up front, Bobby Firmino 
teams up with Mo Salah on the right and Sadio Mane on the left. Ferocious trio of attack there, as we say in Portuguese, trio de attack. Uh, very ferocious three-man front line there. For Chelsea, you got Ariza, Ariza Balaga in goal. They've got three across the back. Frank Lampard goes with the 3-4-3. Three, three. He's got Kurt Zuma in central with Cesar Azilpuqueta on the right and Antonio Rudiger, Rudy Rudiger, if you will, on the left. Five in, or four in midfield, excuse me, Jorginho and Kovacic are the pair in the center with Marco Salonzo down the left and Reese James down the right. The three in the front, you have William, the Brazilian, down the right, Olivier Giroud, central, and the young phenom Mason Mount on the left. So the match, this was an absolute, like, shootout. (laughs) Absolutely. This match had everything. I mean, it had good play, good tempo. It had drama. If you watched it, you you may or may not have caught the 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 dialogue back and forth between Frank Lampard and Jurgen Klopp, which I thought was hilarious. That you know, um, you can find the the audio on YouTube if you search for it. And there's an exchange of words where where Frank Lampard's really upset with the referee about a foul he called and he's he's dropping expletives and he's saying that's not a foul insert f word before foul insert your favorite four letter f word before the foul and he he's dropping it and Jurgen Klopp is just like calm down Frank calm down and he loses his mind Frank Lampard does on on Jurgen Klopp and then what's funny is someone caught it with their cell phone but he comes back as as plays kind of uh recontinuing Frank Lampard comes back to the edge of his coaching area and shouts to Klopp and says, "You win one title and you think you're somebody now," which I find to be hilarious. And it's it's really, if those are his true feelings, that's quite an example of British exceptionalism, if I may say so. Jurgen Klopp won the Champions League last year, Mr. Lampard. Jurgen Klopp won the Bundesliga twice. He took Dortmund to a Champions League final. He won before he got to Liverpool. He's the only one in the in the last 30 years, essentially, to win the league at Liverpool. Yes, Frank Lampard, Jurgen Klopp is somebody. And he didn't get where he is because he's a fancy ex-player, okay? Everyone knows that certain ex-players get to, st- get to skip steps in the process. And usually not because they're talented managers, because many of them fizzle out and never make it. Your um, Frank Lampard, I don't think he was ever even an assistant. I don't think he ever assisted anybody. Perhaps he sat a year under your under Guardiola. He may have. I don't remember. But really quick ascend. Okay, based completely on his name that he earned as a player. Yes, a good player. Yes, one of the greatest English players of at least the 21st century. However, still somewhat unproven as a manager. I do say he did a good job this season with, with all of the restrictions, the transfer ban and everything else that Chelsea was dealing with this season. Frank Lampard did a good job. However, that ego is a little bit unwarranted. And um, Klopp's kind of said so himself the next day, and he just said that, um, you know, he need, Frank needs to be more humble and whatnot. But the match w- was fantastic. We had eight goals to talk about. Let's take a look now, and let's um, let's talk about those goals. 
as the again uh it was Liverpool getting out quickly to a 3-0 lead Nabi Keita in the 23rd Trent Alexander-Arnold in the 38th and Jorginho Wijnaldum in the 43rd and just before halftime at 45 plus 3 Olivier Giroud draws one back to go to the halftime uh team talk with a a three-run result at that time uh in the 55th Roberto Firmino adds to Liverpool's lead, assisted by Trent Alexander-Arnold. Firmino puts it in, and I believe the commentator said that was his first goal at Anfield in the Premier League this year, which is hard to believe. But then Lampard goes to his bench, and credit to him, these changes all made a difference. Tammy Abraham replaces Olivier Giroud. Christian Pulisic replaces William, and Callum Hudson-Odoi replaces Mason Mount, and... Two minutes later, it is Tammy Abraham scoring from Christian Pulisic. The substitutes right off the bat getting into it, and it is four to two. Ten minutes after that, after Jurgen Klopp had gone to the bench and introduced Curtis Jones and James Milner in place of Nabi Keita and Jorginho Wijnaldum, Kristen Pulis- Christian Pulisic, the American, gets on the score sheet, assisted by fellow substitute Callum Hudson Adoy, and. Now, Chelsea have a chance to push for it. They needed a point. This is what Frank Lampard was so stressed about. They needed a point to guarantee Champions League action. And as we said in the standings, they ended up in fourth on goal difference. So they were very close to being nipped out of the Champions League. And as Chelsea are pushing forward in the 84th, the counterattack leads to a tap-in goal for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Divic Origi, and Takumi Minamino would replace Roberto Firmino and Sado, Sadio Mane in the 87th. In the 88th, Emerson comes on for Chelsea, for Chelsea, replacing Marcos Alonso. And the match would conclude at 90 plus 5. A fantastic match to watch. Brilliant fo- football if you like attacking football. Not necessarily the best defending, which the Premier League is not known for anyway. But. 5-3 to Liverpool. They would lift the trophy at the end of the day on a stage that was custom-built on the cl- on the cop. The fans outside the stadium were going crazy, and everyone was trying to get a glimpse of the party. I watched it from my laptop while I was working right on NBC Sports here in the United States. Fantastic job by NBC in covering the post-match celebrations. Congratulations to Liverpool, as I said back a few episodes ago, when they clinched. Now, next week's match of the week, we are staying in England, and this is I never expected to be in England three weeks in a row, but we are staying in England next week, and we'll probably be in England the week after. That's just a little bit of a, of a hint because... Next Saturday, we have the FA Cup Final. Chelsea versus Arsenal. Like I said, Europe is on the line for Arsenal. Either Arsenal or Wolverhampton Wanderers are going to get the final spot in the Europa League. So there's a lot on the line. Chelsea certainly want silverware. Frank Lampard wants to win a medal, as do the players. They have had a phenomenal season. I think Chelsea's playing some fantastic football right now. Um, They looked really good today against Wolves. And I thought they they held their own, you know, as against Chelsea. And despite 
you know, falling behind early and falling behind badly. They battled their way back. They got it to 4-3. And at that point, that match can go any way. Um, they certainly were taking their chances, and I like a lot of the movements that, that Chelsea make. They look comfortable on the ball. These young players are confident. I'm excited to see what, what the future holds for this Chelsea team. Um, we'll see what kind of transfers they bring in next season to, to supplement you know this this good core and this solid young group of players it'll be very exciting to see and i think chelsea in this in this fa cup final though arsenal have more to play for i think chelsea are going to want it chelsea definitely want to win a trophy and um it's been a while and i think chelsea are are for me a slight favorite in this one but in finals it's very very you know in finals it's usually 50-50 and it can go in either direction. It only takes a, a goal, an own goal here, a toe poke there to make the difference in a final. And um, like I said, the following week, our match of the week will likely be, I shouldn't say lucky, it will be the EFL Championship Playoff Final. We're going to be at Wembley for two weeks. The only thing is I may spin that off into two separate episodes. Um, my plan is originally to spin this match of the week into its own episode, into its own podcast Um time permitting of course and um of course i started off with one podcast mr benfica and i suddenly have you know four now with mr benfica with mr portugal jota jota carioca which i have one episode left it'll be the final episode coming up soon probably within a week and with this the flagship show here the park in the bus podcast the original idea i had even before mr benfica was this show right here so i'm excited to finally get it going but um the idea for this channel is to just have a just to have everything under this under this feed that i put together and i have tons of different ideas and um you know i want to continue to evolve continue to grow this brand of the park in the bus ptb soccer network uh, things like match of the week and even some old school stuff. I do want to do a lot of old school reviews. I'm a big, big um, history nut when it comes to football history. I, I love it. I can't get enough of it. Uh, so I want to do stuff like that. I also want to review things like soccer documentaries, films, books, things like that too. There's more to me than just X's and O's. There's more to me than just watching matches. So I... Um, I thank everybody for listening, of course, and this has been a pleasure to bring you Episode 5 here on the PTB Soccer Network, where it's, of course, ad-free for the first 30 days. Every every episode that is released on this channel is ad-free for 30 days, okay, so there are no ads, and you can hear it here first. If you have not yet, subscribe to PTB Soccer Network on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If your particular platform doesn't have it, then go to www.anchor.fm forward slash PTB Soccer. And don't forget to follow the social media. Twitter, it's at Soccer PTB. And on Instagram, it's at PTB Soccer. Okay, lots of announcements will come through that way. And like I said, I'll update you on some of the competitions where we talked about in this episode. Some results I'll tweet and post in the Instagram this week as those events happen all right thank you again this has been episode five i am the mr mike agustinio and i hope you enjoy your week enjoy fo watching football this week there's plenty of it to enjoy and let's have the boca hinchas serenade us out this is la dose from buenos aires the fans the inches of boca juniors they are the, they are the ones that serenade us in and out of every episode of the park in the bus 
Football Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.